0: Chapter One Part Three of Pioneer Work in Opening the Medical Profession to Women by Elizabeth Blackwell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One Part Three Early Life in England, eighteen twenty one. March twentieth, eighteen forty four. So far as I can learn, I give general satisfaction, but I believe the people are a little afraid of me, particularly when they see me read German, for I often forget myself with Hoffman. I am amused to learn accidentally how I have been talked over in every direction, and my teeth particularly admired in peculiarly Kentucky style. "'Well, I do declare she's got a clean mouth, hasn't she? "'White teeth seeming remarkable where all use tobacco. "'All the chief people of the place have called on me, "'which plagues me dreadfully, as I have to return the calls "'and find them in the lowest degree uninteresting, "'with nothing to do but knit, nothing to hear but their own petty affairs.' then they are most unmerciful in the length of visit. If they live in what is called out of town, nothing will satisfy but giving up the afternoon, taking tea, and sleeping. The sleeping I have victoriously fought against, but the rest I have sometimes been betrayed into and have sat hour after hour striving dreadfully to take an interest in the gossip, swallowing yawns until my eyes watered, and then suddenly awaking out of a long reverie on all of you to the consciousness that everybody is sitting in an awkward silence, and that it is absolutely necessary to say something." THE FIRST EVENING I SO SPENT I WAS REJOICING AT THE PROSPECT OF ESCAPE, FOR THE WATCHES HAD BEEN PULLED OUT, AND IT WAS DECLARED LATE, HALF-PAST EIGHT, WHEN I WAS TAKEN QUITE BY SURPRISE BY SEEING THE EPISCOPAL CLERGYMAN WHO WAS PRESENT SEAT HIMSELF BY THE TABLE WITH A LARGE BIBLE BEFORE HIM, WIPE HIS SPECTACLES. "'and give a preparatory hem.' "'I gave an inward groan, sat down again, "'and looked with a long face steadily at the fire, "'whilst a north Wester was blowing all the time "'through a crack of the door into my ear. "'As we knelt down, and I looked round "'at the funny-kneeling figures "'and up at the walls of a real log-cabin, and on one side, at the immense wood fire, it all seemed so very odd that I almost began to doubt my own identity. We have had miserable weather for more than a week. The house, though substantially built of brick, with a deep veranda all around, is dreadfully cold. The two immense brick-paved halls, which cross in the centre, have great doors almost always open. The four rooms occupying the four corners, in one of which we sleep, have chimneys, all of which smoke. Then none of the windows seem to fit, and there are holes in the wall where the plaster has been knocked off and will be replaced, I suppose, next doomsday. "'Tis pretty much the same in the schoolhouse." There, one very cold day, I drew my feet on the bar of my chair, and I put on my worsted gloves, then drew on my blanket shawl, and finally, finding a great blowing about my head from everywhere in general, I put on my hood. April 4th the young ladies and gentlemen of henderson are most contemptible walkers opening wide their eyes at the idea of two or three miles and telling doleful tales of blistered feet wild bulls and furious dogs of which latter there is certainly a larger supply than at any place i've ever seen every negro has his pet dog the more savage the better and all the masters follow their example i had a good fright from some of them yesterday as i was returning from school i'd no sooner crossed the steps that lead into the lawn than an enormous brindled fellow with black devilish face sprang furiously towards me followed by two others barking and showing their horrid jaws now thought i my time has come i hesitated whether i should endeavour to tear their mouths open or jump upon them and crush them should the worst arrive i involuntarily thought of a who has a horror of dogs and then called out in my blandest tones poor fellows poor fellows the voice had the desired effect and instead of having to fight samson wise the gentlemen contented themselves with jumping upon me and knocking my dinner tray out of my hand i am in general quite a favorite with the canine race and have not the slightest fear of them which the ladies here can hardly believe as their life is almost a torment to them for fear of dogs and cows. Indeed, I would always sooner meet a dozen dogs than one negro, and the only uneasiness I have in taking my long solitary walks proceeds from this. For of all brutes the human brute is the worst." and I never meet one in a lonely place without feeling a sudden perspiration. I dislike slavery more and more every day. I suppose I see it here in its mildest form, and since my residence here I have heard of no use being made of the whipping-post, nor any instance of downright cruelty. It was really meant as an act of hospitality when they placed a little Negro girl as a screen between me and the fire the other day. But to live in the midst of beings degraded to the utmost in body and mind, drudging on from earliest morning to latest night, cuffed about by everyone, scolded at all day long, blamed unjustly, and without spirit enough to reply, with no consideration in any way for their feelings, with no hope for the future, smelling horribly and as ugly as Satan, to live in their midst, utterly unable to help them, is to me dreadful, and what I would not do long for any consideration. Meanwhile, I treat them civilly— and dispense with their services as much as possible, for which I believe the poor creatures despise me. The mistresses pique themselves on the advantageous situation of their blacks. They positively think them very well off, and triumphantly compare their position with that of the poor in England and other countries." I endeavor, in reply, to slide in a little truth through the small apertures of their minds, for were I to come out broadly with my simple honest opinion, I should shut them up tight, arm all their prejudices, and do ten times more harm than good. I do long to get hold of some one to whom I can talk frankly." This constant smiling and bowing and wearing a mask provokes me intolerably. It sends me, internally, to the other extreme. And I shall soon, I think, rush into the woods, vilify Henderson, curse the Whigs, and rail at the Orthodox, whose bells have been going in a fruitless effort at revivals ever since I have been here. Not— mind mother that i really have such diabolical feelings against the poor orthodox in general and particular but i have an intense longing to scream and every one here speaks in a whisper my school i think i've told you is limited to twenty one it has been full for some time and many have been refused the girls are a good pleasant set much more gentle than in cincinnati and all with faces that seem familiar to me in fact i have hardly seen a face in henderson that does not torment me with a likeness to some former acquaintance my school hours for the present are from nine to three half-past twelve i ring my bell when there is a general rush and devouring i uncover the tin knife box devoted to me and find regularly inside a saucer with three or four little slices of ham a roll a piece of cornbread a cup of cream and a raw egg the latter i throw into the hot ashes and when it has split with a loud report, I take it out and peeling off the coating of burnt egg and ashes, am generally happy enough to find a little clean piece in the middle, which I swallow and burn my throat. Then I put on my hood and gloves and walk up and down under a tree in front of the schoolhouse, eating the remainder and endeavoring not to think of you all as i find it does not assist the digestion i used to look sentimentally to one corner of the heavens and fancy i saw you all when one evening to my amazement i beheld the sunset in that corner so i had to turn right round and look in the opposite direction anathematizing the river for being so stupid as to wind and convert the sublime imaginings of a forlorn damsel into a ridiculous blunder i have at present four music scholars and one out-of-school french but two go for boarding i teach ten hours three days of the week and wish the other three were similarly filled but it is a small remuneration for such an outlay of breath and as soon as I have the opportunity I shall fly off to some other point of the compass, where, at any rate, I may learn myself while teaching others. Carlyle's name has never been distantly echoed here. Emerson is a perfect stranger, and Channing, I presume, would produce a universal fainting fit. HENDERSON i was delighted to receive my box last sunday the twelfth the things do admirably the dresses i like exceedingly they are both very pretty the people here begin to interest me more than they did at first all continue very kind and i think well satisfied when i came here I did not care one straw what was thought of my personal appearance. I dressed entirely from a principle of self-respect. Now I sometimes dress for others, and feel a slight satisfaction if the glass tells me I shall not scare people. Is not this a good sign? Do not imagine I am going to make myself a whole just at present. The fact is, I cannot find my other half here, but only about a sixth which would not do. There are two rather eligible young males here, whose mothers have for some time been electioneering for wives, one tall, the other short, with very pretty names, of good family, and with tolerable fortune, but unfortunately one seems to me like a dolt. The other, well, not wise, so I keep them at a respectful distance, which you know I am quite capable of doing. There is a spot called Lover's Grove, about three quarters of a mile from the town, a sweet place on the river bank, encircled by trees with a hill behind, and a delightful walk by the riverside connecting it with this city this used to be my sunday afternoon stroll but unfortunately it is the favorite resort of the bow and bells of henderson who during the summer after afternoon church regularly promenade thither in groups of four or five and meet accidentally on purpose here they stroll about recline on the grass watch the steamboats flirt a very little it being sunday and carve one another's names and sentimental verses on the unfortunate locust trees i have many offers of an escort thither and as many beaux as i might desire i went once or twice but at last got dreadfully tired of it so while my party was busily engaged round a tree I started off on a good brisk walk home, where, some time after, the others arrived in some consternation to know how or why I had so suddenly vanished. I laughed at them and their sentimental doings, and they have not invited me since. I had a very pleasant drive yesterday to make a bridal call on the Presbyterian minister— who has been quite polite. The country reminded me, in some parts, of our charming Staten Island drives, though the scenery here will not, of course, compare with that little gem. The people of Henderson were all very friendly to me personally, and my relations always pleasant with them but the injustice of the state of society made a gradually deepening impression on my mind. The inhabitants lived in constant fear of an outbreak among the slaves. Women did not dare to walk in the pleasant woods and country around the village for terror of runaway slaves. Painful social contrasts constantly forced themselves on my notice i will remember sitting with my hostess who was reclining in her rocking chair on the broad shaded veranda one pleasant sunday morning listening to the distant church bells and the rustling of the locust trees when the eldest daughter a tall graceful girl dressed for sunday in fresh and floating summer drapery came into the veranda on her way to church Just at that moment, a shabby, forlorn-looking negro in dirty rags approached the veranda. He was one of the slaves working in the tobacco plantation. His errand was to beg the mistress to let him have a clean shirt on that Sunday morning. The contrast of the two figures, the young lady and the slave, and the sharp reprimand with which his mistress from her rocking-chair drove the slave away left a profound impression on my mind. Kind as the people were to me personally, the sense of justice was continually outraged, and at the end of the first term of engagement I resigned the situation. End of chapter 1, part 3